This is a hat trick podcast. Oh, hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two year contracts, they said, What the f are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Do you remember your sex education? Was it helpful to you? Was it filled with scientific information rather than real practical advice? I'm Diggory Waits, and this is The Real Sex Education. Each week, I'll be joined by a guest. We'll impart our own sex wisdom, ask our own sex questions, and we'll go over all the things they don't teach you in school. To bring this all together, though, we'll need an expert. A sexpert, if you will. But the only sex and relationship therapist I know is my mum. Hello, mum. Hello, Diggs. In this episode... We'll be joined by comedian Darren Harriet. Sex education. Okay, I guess I could talk about that. <laughs> With him, we'll be discussing erectile difficulties. Any little bit of thinking. I might just go soft or... Judgmental partners. She's being critical and then she sits back and then she gets her phone out. You're like, uh-oh, who's that? And throughout the show, we just keep coming back to condoms. I started buying the large condoms. What I realised was it's just easier to get on. The easier I can get it on, the quicker I can go. <laughs> Welcome to The Real Sex Education. This is the first episode. Thank you so much for listening. Mum, are you excited? Yes, I really am. How the heck did we get here, though? <laughs> I know, it's mad. I mean, I've always been into podcasts, but it's more the, like the sex therapist side of it. When my friends found out you were a sex therapist, they'd come to me and they'd be like, oh, Diggs, you know, this is happening. Can you ask your mum? Or this has happened to me. Do you mind telling your mum? And it's just evolved into this. Yeah, and there, there was me thinking you just had a lot of curiosity. And there you were giving people advice. Oh, God, I hope you didn't get the wrong idea. When I was still talking about my friends, 99% of the time I was talking about my friends. Only 99? Mm. Yeah. Well, we have a great interview coming up with comedian Darren Harriet, where we talk about erectile difficulties, Viagra, and we keep coming back to condoms, probably because he wants to talk about how he uses the large condoms. Bit of a humble brag, wasn't it, Mum? Yeah, but, but I, I tell you what, he was very brave. He was very honest. And he uh, shared an awful lot with us, which isn't, it's, very, it's difficult to do. It was very personal, his interview. It was really, really good. He, he was so, so honest. And as a sex therapist, you know, when, when clients come to you on their first time or whatever, yeah. uh, are they always that honest? No, I mean, sometimes people are a little reluctant, um, but they, they fear what they're going to be asked to talk about and, mm. they, and, and they're usually more, more nervous than they need to be. And actually, when they get there, they, they are often s- sort of emboldened to talk about what they've come for. I mean, after all, this is why they're there, to talk about their sexual problems. And, and if the atmosphere is OK and it's not too weird, then generally speaking, they don't have many problems. Interesting. Well, we'll have more questions put to you as a sex therapist later on in the show when we open up our mailbox. It's a chance for listeners to have their questions answered by Kate, a real sex and relationships therapist. Uh, You can send in your queries to podcasts at hattrick.com and that's hattrick with two T's. But before we get there, we spoke with Darren Harriet, and since this is the real sex education, we asked Darren what his sex education was like. 
then it, it wasn't even, it didn't really feel like sex education. It kind of just felt like our school went, okay, they're 15. They're probably at the height of their thinking about sex, wanting to have sex. I guess it's easier than PE. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, they were given a flip chart and then you sort of lift the flip chart up and then you just see pictures of stuff. What sort of stuff? Well, it was just like, you know, like herpes. Oh, God. Yeah, but it was always, it was always like the worst kind of herpes. <laughs> it yeah, was like, yeah. this is as bad as it gets if you've got no treatment and you're on a boat for a year. This is the sort of herpes. And um, the best part was just like seeing the teachers react to it. Uh, mm. Like the same way the pupils did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like they they did no pre checks. They just ah! were. Um, <laughs> we all freaked out, and I just remember it was like it was basically that there was no like special nurse or anything like that. Uh, we also did the classic condoms on bananas. Yeah, yeah. As you do, you put the you know put the condoms on bananas. Uh, then we put the bananas back in the canteen at school. Um, I'm very interested in I'm very interested in the banana and whether that was actually useful to you when you did come to put on a condom. In f- in fairness to you, yeah, it was. Right. Oh, was it? Y- yeah, I will say that now that you mention it because I I always remember the the technique. You pinch the top and you sort of twist and you roll it down. <laughs> and I I never forgot that. So they did give you one useful one useful idea. I would say that in between all of us peeling bananas and just taking the mick, that was something that uh, always stuck with me. But a lot of people do have trouble putting on um, putting on condoms. It's a really it's a really stressful thing to do. So that sounds incredibly useful. Yeah, and I mean, just putting aside your sex education for a second, Darren, and talking a bit more generally, like loads of people struggle to put on condoms a lot of guys actually can do with some help doing yeah, that yeah and it's quite a nice thing to say to your partner oh do you want to give me a hand do you, do you want to help me with this it's a really it's a really useful way to just have a bit of fun together as well and be relaxed because i think there's a certain amount of vulnerability needed when you're having sex and sort of saying oh i'm not comfortable with this or i don't do it very often or whatever mm-hmm. it happens to be that's quite useful to people i think i put too much pressure on myself now as i've gotten older exactly I- I feel yeah. like my erections aren't as strong as they used to be. So mm. for me, when I get a condom on now, it has to be like a Formula One pit crew, like when they change a tyre. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and then straight in with it. So like, uh, I, like my ex-girlfriend, she was just on the coil thing, I think it was. Yeah. And like, obviously, boyfriend, girlfriend, we just had unprotected sex all the time for like, I don't know, two years or whatever, and then trying to go back into a, a condom, it's like, you know, hey, I've had fibre optic broadband. I can't go back to dial-up now. Like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to struggle. So <laughs> it's, like, it's, it's hard. And, and it might be all about a fear of uh, vulnerability, I guess. And, and is, is, that, is that because you're embarrassed about putting it on or just because you like, you, you prefer it without? One thing about me, especially now, sexually, there's like, there's like n- no embarrassment at all. Like I've, I've been a Mr. Softy in the bedroom. <laughs> I've been a, a one pump chump. I've, I've done all of that. There's no real embarrassment. It's just better without. Uh, obviously both enjoy it without. And also... Um, I feel like you can be just much more spontaneous sexually without when there's no condom because you obviously you have to have uh, a condom involved as well and um yeah you have I, to pause 
Yeah, you, you have to pause. You have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like in the middle of being like horned up, ready to have sex. Someone like throws maths questions at you. Like, what's one plus one? Put the condom on. What's three times four? Put the condom on. What's eight times nine? Put the condom on. What's twelve times six? Put the condom on. Oh, my erection's gone now. I asked Darren about that pause when the maths questions are being thrown at you, and you have to put a condom on. Whether that pause affects him. Any little bit of thinking, um, it might just, you know, uh, uh, I might just go soft or... But I'm very okay with it just because I know that there is going to be a point when it will will come back. People don't realise that it doesn't... It's not the way it was when you were 18. It just... And a lot of people need a bit of encouragement to get their erection back. That's completely normal. During a normal lovemaking session, you might need a hand. And that would be completely, completely normal and it and not something to worry about at all, not at all. And I always encourage my clients, I always encourage people to, um, the, the guys to do it themselves, not to rely on a partner. Just, just you know, help yourself back. What do you mean, what do, you mean do it themselves? Well, give give their penis a little rub to to get their erection back, rather oh. than thinking, oh, it should it should appear spontaneously. Because I know an awful lot of um, partners really really worry and think, oh, I'm not attractive. That that is how I know as I've gotten older that I've got a good woman, a good partner. When <laughs> there's none of this, like, oh no, is it me? She wants to do this. What's happening? Uh, are you drunk? Uh, are you worried about Brexit? Like, why why can't you get it? And like. I know that. Just give me a few minutes, just chill out, and then we'll we'll get to it. There's no rush. Yeah, precisely. And it's interesting that the more important the relationship is, the more likely you are to lose your erection because it really matters. I mean, you can probably loads of people can have loads and loads of sex with people that they don't really care about, but when it comes to the relationship being important, that's when things start to 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 become more difficult for some people. Mum, as the resident sex therapist, I'm not just asking this as your son. How would you recommend getting your erection back? Well, I mean, sometimes I think Darren makes a very good point about just chilling and maybe just having a little chat, having a little kiss, doing something else, uh, you know, maybe focusing on your partner for a moment, just any of those things. And also, if you don't know the person very well, I think Darren also made an excellent point about how you can tell you've got a good woman here. Because if people are not um, a, a, a critical or expect you to be able to, to do it all perfectly, then maybe you want to see that as a bit of a red flag in in the relationship going forward because they may be far too critical have you found that darren yeah 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 been there <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah it's never good yeah. when uh when that happens and then she's being critical and then she sits back and then she gets her phone out you're like uh-oh who's that who, oh who, no who, who, who are you who are you whatsapping <laughs> oh, yeah. what are you saying oh no oh no <laughs> I just asked my mum, how does someone get their erection back? That is crazy weird, in fact, it's very weird. It, it couldn't get weirder than that, unless Darren asked my mum about Viagra or something. And that would be weird, that would be really weird. What are your thoughts on Viagra? Oh, well, it, it has a very definite place. It, yeah. it, it really does. I mean, it, I guess a lot depends on why you're using it and what you want it for. But sometimes we sex therapists do, do suggest using Viagra for confidence, even when, I mean, sometimes people are perfectly 
fine erections and they are they don't really have a problem at all but um but they they just they're just worried they're just worried because they're not as firm or they're worried about losing them and sometimes using viagra gives them a lot of confidence it it's great but it's not for everybody i mean it has some unpleasant side effects for some people like um indigestion and a stuffy nose so you can imagine sort of talking like that all the way through sex and and (laughs) and you know kind of burping and things that does happen so it's not ideal for everybody so you might have to try different drugs sometimes yeah, I but was, yeah I, I was thinking of it potentially um because i'm not very good with an erection in a condom that might be yeah. a slight way around it it might yeah. still go though i mean because people think people think that you take a viagra and then you instantly get an, a, a rock hard erection and it just you know and it's just there but you have to actually be aroused and you have to not be anxious yeah i i I started buying, because uh, I used to just use the normal condoms. I started buying the large condoms, which fit <laughs> perfectly. They don't slide off. The, what I realised was it's just easier to get on. Yeah. The, e- the easier I can get it on, the quicker I can go. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Precisely. But, I mean, I wouldn't, I don't think people should be so worried about um, about getting it on and going. I mean, in some ways, I think the, the pausing is actually quite nice. And also, as a yeah. guy, a bit of simmering is really nice. Have a little bit of intercourse, a little bit of something else, a little bit of intercourse, a little bit of something else. So, I mean, obviously, you need to keep the condom on and working. So you don't want to lose your ele- erection too much. But but that coming and going is really nice. And you have a much more explosive orgasm at the end, I, mm. I believe. I'm led to believe. So we heard about the theory, but then Darren told us about when he put his sex education into practice. I lost my virginity when I was 18. Right. Which, like, now just sounds like a very normal grown-up thing to do. Yeah, absolutely. But back then, that was 18. Like, you might as well have been 40. And yeah, yeah, yeah. It was crazy. I did all the classics, you know. Oh, yeah, no, I uh, lost it on holiday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't even know her and all that sort of stuff. And I remember when I lost my virginity, I, uh, uh, I didn't use a condom. I didn't have a condom at the time. And uh, I panicked, uh, completely uh, thought I had an STD, was freaking out. Because, again, all I was thinking about was my sex education classes and the, the, the giant um, knob filled with herpes. And I was like, oh, no, I've got it. I've got that. And then I went to the STD clinic to get an STD mm. checkup, like sweating. Uh, I went in there. They um, Obviously, they did like a full check and everything. And then uh, the nurse uh, looked at my penis and went, oh, it turned out I had, what is it, phimosis or whatever it is? I needed need circumcising. What exactly was the issue? The, the skin just won't roll back. There are several different reasons why the skin won't roll back. This but is the foreskin? It, yeah, the foreskin. And if, if it won't roll back, you, you can get a lot of pain during sex. You can get, you know, a buildup of bacteria, which, which isn't very nice if you're giving someone a blowjob either. Um, <laughs> and I guess... The worst thing is that it is is the pain, I guess, because because intercourse is not much fun when you've got a tight foreskin. I, and it's funny that you say um, that you can have pain during sex because I did have pain during sex. Yeah. So mm. my, when we had sex for the first time, uh, I did feel like a, a slight pain, but obviously it was my me losing my virginity. So I just thought, well, I've lost my virginity. It's supposed to hurt. Oh my god! Did you think that? Hundred percent. 
I hundred percent. I I did. I didn't think anything of it because I'd always heard that women can have some pain during sex, especially first mm. time. I just assumed that's why it is. I'm losing my virginity. I'm going to spill some pain. So it it wasn't like unbearable, but I could definitely feel a pain. But I did Mm. think, oh, yeah, it's just because I've lost my virginity. It's supposed to to hurt. I didn't even think of it. That's so cute. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, you you were kind of lucky that you had the experience and went to the clinic and they said, oh, something needs to be done. Because I wouldn't, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have gone. Yeah. Like if I, if I did, if I had, like I said, lost my virginity, didn't have the STD panic or whatever, I wouldn't have got tested. I, I, you wouldn't have known. Yeah. In some ways, yeah. it's a good advert for the sex education they gave you at school because if they didn't give you the STD fear, then you might yeah. not have gone to the clinic. So I mean, actually, I'm, maybe I'm this is pointless. You, that's all I thought about was the STD <laughs> class uh, yeah. in lessons, yeah. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. So we found out what Darren learned at school. So then we asked if there was anyone else you could talk to about sex. I just couldn't even talk to my mum about basic emotions. We just didn't have that relationship. I, I think they just kind of expected me to just figure it out, mm. the, like the right way. And uh, a, lot of, a lot of my sort of sex was, was basically just porn, like early porn, like downloading LimeWire overnight, having porn. For- Just for the uninitiated, uh, I, obviously I know what LimeWire is. <laughs> yeah, of course you do. <laughs> LimeWire, have you heard of LimeWire? Uh, no. Well, uh, Darren, Darren, what was LimeWire? So yeah, LimeWire was basically you would. It was just a downloading site where you downloaded films, songs, and uh, yeah, you could do porn as well. So you tap sort of porn in, and uh, it would take. It, we're talking dial-up internet downloading like I don't know two gig of porn. You would leave your PC, switch the monitor off, and just let it download overnight. And then by the morning, you would hope that it had completed. And then because LimeWire was just it was the dark web for the early days. Of the, you'd click on the porn and it would just be a Simpsons episode <laughs> or something. It would let you down yeah, so yeah. often. But yeah, that's what I uh, that's what I'd, um, relied on for a lot of porn back then. What Darren this whole time has sort of been describing is, is a really bitty sex education. Like he's picked up bits here and there, but it's not necessarily all terribly accurate. Exactly. And when we talked to him a bit more, we discovered that he really felt he'd missed out on some sort of family guidance about sex. I'd rather have the, uh, I'd rather have had the sex education uh, chat. Um, so I know that I, I definitely would have wanted that. So would that be something more about, about feelings or, or how to do it or what? Um, I mean, even just like wear a condom. What age then, if you if you were to have a kid, what sort of age would you start talking to them about this sort of stuff? I think I definitely would talk to my uh, son or daughter uh, at twelve 
in in some way about sort of sex and uh, the birds and the the. I can't I can't just rely. I, I wouldn't just want to rely on the internet. Twelve is actually really late. You think um, so? To be talking about wow. sex, yeah. What you would want to do is make everything that you say age appropriate. And what happens is that children ask questions. So if they say at the age of three or four, oh, where did I come from? And you say your mummy's tummy, that's that's age appropriate. That's yeah. You don't need to tell them about how they got into the tummy. Mm-hmm. And you don't certainly don't need to tell them things like their stalk brought you or something like that. But you just, <laughs> just do it in an age appropriate way. And then the, the conversation becomes... Um, natural, I suppose. I remember, oh, when we were sitting around the kitchen table having supper and we used to have the radio on and your older sister suddenly started talking about Bill Clinton and the blue dress and saying, Mummy, and why did why did he put yeah, why did he put a cigar in the lady? And this is oh, and there was a, and I very quickly switched the radio off. But we had to have the conversation mm. then. So oh, I guess it's when it comes naturally. We didn't do any form of sex education or any form of mention about like uh, like homosexuality in sex education yeah. at school. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty, I mean, I didn't know at the time because at my school, if you were even slightly camp, you would have been bullied. But I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure there was homosexuals who were in sex education classes. And it, it must have felt, it must, it must have been so odd for there to be like, there was no mention. And it wasn't even like we, I was at a Catholic school or a Christian school. It was just a, and what would deem a normal school. And there was mm. no sort of um, like homosexuality talk or anything like that. Well, there was a period when it wasn't allowed. It wasn't allowed in schools. And I think it, things have changed an awful lot now. And there's, mu- and there's much more realism about that. And people are allowed much more to be themselves in schools. Yeah. However, I mean, there's been recently in Birmingham, hasn't there? There's been like, oh, yeah, protests yeah, yeah. of people pulling yeah. their kids out of school and stuff. So there's still, there's still a way yeah. to go. But I think, it, I think that's very important to put that into the sex education curriculum and keep asking yourselves those questions. What is this like in a gay relationship as well? What are the differences with a lesbian relationship? What are the differences that maybe a trans person might encounter when they're having sex in these situations? Yeah. I mean, even as like an adult who like, I, I know I've got gay friends, I know trans people, etc. Even as an adult, I'm, I, I hear things and I, I, I'm learning. Like, I didn't, I didn't know that there was different condoms for, like, gay men when they have sex. What is this? What is this? They're much stronger. Yeah. yeah. Had, yeah. had no idea until I... Uh, so I used to do security at, um, uh, in, in Birmingham. So I used to work Gay Pride. I did it for, like, four years in a row. And they were mm-hmm. throwing out, handing out condoms. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, extra safe. So what does that mean? Aren't, aren't all condoms safe? And then, then someone said, yeah, this is like extra strong so it doesn't break when you have anal sex. And I was like, this is, I'm, I'm in my <laughs> late 20s and I'm here <laughs> learning this now. Yeah. And I feel like there's probably a lot of, especially gay people in, in schools who would, who would have no idea about that. Yeah, pro- yeah, probably. That's a really good point. That's a really good thing to bring into the curriculum. That would be really yeah. interesting to show different kinds of condoms. Although, having said that, they have these strawberry ones and chocolate ones. And every time I took Diggory's sister into into the, the ladies, Lou, there used to be these condom machines with chocolates and strawberries on the front. And she'd be desperate for them and saying, <laughs> Mommy, Mommy, go. how do you explain? You know, you can't have those. They're not chocolates. But, but you know, you can get, you, you know, dental dams as well. You can get a bag of dental dams that are all fruit flavoured. Explain what dental dams are. Dental dams are like a little, little condom, like a little square that you put in front of wherever you want to protect for rimming, for, for, 
for putting your tongue in the anus and around the anal area, that kind Christ, of thing. Mom. You use a sorry, mum's great. You'd, you'd use a dental dam, yeah. yeah. And you can buy them. You can buy them by the bag. You can get a huge bag for them. The problem is people don't use them, and they are a really good. They're I've, a really good I've idea. never come across a dental dam. In my life, I, if oh, I, well. I, I, yeah, if I was to have sex and she pulls out a dental dam, I'd be like, "What is this? I'd freak out. I'd yeah. be like, "What are we doing here?" No, but, you might enjoy it. Have a little chew or something. Oh, yeah. oh god. <laughs> so, Darren, how was it for you? What are you taking away? Um. Uh, I feel relatively a bit more normal now. <laughs> you are so um, normal. Because <laughs> I, I, especially when we're talking about um, my sort of... I always thought my sex education was as bad as it can get. But when I think about how it, in, it uh, affected me, especially with the fact that I, I you know... I did go and get tested and I, I was worried about STDs, I get what you should be. And then I also have still, um, you know, uh, 16 years later, still remember to sort of pinch the condom and turn and put it down, which I learned in school on a banana. So I did take two things from it, which were really valuable, which up until now, I never thought I, I did, really. I just remember how we all thought it was quite silly and how sort of yeah, scared yeah. the teacher was. So um, I definitely think I might have had a better sex education than most, really. Good. No way. So like a complete 180. That's brilliant. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Um, perfect. Darren, thank you so, so, so Lovely much Lovely to meet you. Brilliant, man. I hope you do many more. I'll see you later. Thank you. See ya. It's the mailbag. Send Kate your queries. Two so now it's the time of the show where we take a look in our mailbox. It's your chance to have your questions answered by an accredited sex and relationships therapist. If you have any queries for Kate, you can send them in via email to podcasts at hattrick.com. That's hattrick with two T's. And don't worry, we'll keep your anonymity unless you say otherwise. So let's take a look. Mum, the first question we have is from Grant. And Grant says, my partner and I have been together for 15 years and have two children. In the last five years or so, we've been having sex less and less often. She says she loves me and wants to do it, but she just doesn't feel like it. What can I do to make her interested? So um, this is really common. When couples have been together more than about 10 years, um, usually one or both start to enjoy sex less or feel less desire. Um, there's been a lot of research done which says that women in particular don't tend to feel desire until after they're aroused. So um, actually, in a, if, if she was to suddenly start a new relationship, and obviously I'm not encouraging that, but if she were to start a new relationship, then then um, all of a sudden probably her desire would come back just as it was at the beginning of your relationship. But because you're in a you know, you're in a longer relationship. There are lots of other things in her head. She's worried probably about looking after the kids and all the other things in life. When you go on holiday, she probably relax and and you probably feel more interested in it, both of you. So at the moment, I would suggest just having some regular 
relaxation time together so that you can just lie naked in bed and chat and it may lead to something and it may not but it's just that intimate moment that you have together and generally people find when they do that that they do have more sex but don't push that aspect of it just just uh, talk about the intimacy enjoy it and don't feel that, that she doesn't love you or that this is unusual because it's really really common Last that we have is from Chris and Chris says, my girlfriend and I met at university and have been together for six months. I feel more for her than I ever have anyone else, but she doesn't seem to have the same feelings for me. We've been apart in lockdown, living with our families and it's killing me. It doesn't help that she hasn't told her family about us. My family have chatted to her on FaceTime and are very supportive, but she doesn't want to tell her family about us as I am her first girlfriend. I feel she would if she loved me. Mm. Well, she probably feels you wouldn't ask her if you loved her. It's not that long a relationship, really, is it? If I don't know if the six months includes lockdown, but it isn't that long. And she's probably going through quite a lot, um, thinking about coming out and how she would tell her family. And maybe she'd like them to meet you properly first. And she's probably quite confused. I mean, it sounds as though the relationship's continuing while you're apart and it's and it's grim that you're apart and really sad. But I wouldn't jeopardise things by pushing her at this stage. I'd let her take it at her own pace and see what happens in a few months' time and when we're out of all of this. Because actually, let's face it, whilst lockdown is not the time to do that mm-hmm. anyway, you probably want to do it when you're all face-to-face together or at least let her get back to normal first excellent thank you so much for all of your submissions to kate again if you'd like to put a query to kate about anything sex or relationship related or would just like to get in touch we're podcasts at hattrick.com that's hattrick with two t's once again a big thank you to darren harriet and kate campbell cheers mum cheers Diggs. it was lovely <laughs> glad someone thought so join us again next week thank you bye You've been listening to The Real Sex Education, which is hosted by Diggory Waite and Kate Campbell. The show is produced by Andy Goddard and Diggory Waite. The Real Sex Education is a Hattrick podcast. If you'd like to hear more podcasts by Hattrick, including Time Ghost with Alexander Armstrong and Ben Miller, just search Hattrick Podcasts on your podcast provider of choice. This podcast is based on the real-life relationship between the host, Degree Waite, and his mother, accredited sex therapist, Kate Campbell. The show is therefore inspired by, but otherwise unrelated to, the TV show Sex Education. But yes, Degree does wish his co-host was Gillian Anderson. 